1: The Ausbiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance.
0: Well, hello, hello. You're listening to the COV podcast here at Ausbiz. It is November the 1st, Melbourne Cup Day or Rate Hike Day here in Australia, depending on who you go going ask. I'm your host, David Scott, joined today by Carla Rodder in the Sydney studios. Carla, well, what a day when it comes to the local equity market. I think uh, plenty of uh, liquidity out the track and uh, not so much in the market, but uh, up and about 1.65% for the uh, for the benchmark today, 6.976.9, and that now leaves it at the highest level since September, and coincidentally it's up about 8% plus from when the RBA went and stepped down to 25 basis point rate hikes last month uh what do you make about the price action today
1: there's that there's that term again step down we had transitory we had pivot now we step down in this market so uh, yeah i don't know i guess you know from what i can kind of tell we had david flanagan on the show obviously on rates live which anyone can kind of watch back on the platform if they get the chance. But the way that he was kind of characterising the situation was that there was just a marginal chance that they could have gone 50 today. There was apparently an article by Ter- Terry McCran speaking to perhaps the argument of going 50 this uh, this month or, or being a bit more aggressive than the, the RBA's um, been with its language. But it didn't materialise. They, they didn't really change too much their kind of language about inflation, how they're approaching it clearly. They upgraded their um, CPI forecast, which will get more colour around on Friday, but they still seem to be reasonably happy to see how things are, are going to play out here in the economy and the effects of existing rate hikes. And lo and behold, that gave another little green light for a, a further rally in, in the market today, which you know kind of followed on from what was a really solid start um, this morning as well.
0: Yeah, let's be honest about it. Uh, no, the market was up and about, and I don't think it was going to really be anything other than up today, just given the, the uh, momentum we're seeing. The RBA was uh, not going by t- 50, you know, 25 was just a little cherry on top there. But uh, looking across like, the market map, my goodness, uh, it was just hard to go and spot a loser today. At the sector level, you couldn't spot a loser because there were none. Uh, I'll go through some of the details here. REITs up 2.2 percent utilities 2.5%. Energy and materials up 2.1 and 2.7 percent, respectively. Everything else is up more than one percent, with the exception of telcos, it was only up a paltry 0.5 percent. Really, just one of those days. Team Australia, everyone piling into everything and everything. Uh, really looking at uh, some of the individual performance as well. Not a lot of rhyme or reason, it's got to be said. Looking at the other top performers, Imugene was up and about a 13 percent increase on no news. Nickelmine, uh, also Abri up 6%, uh, Grain Corp up another 6%, United Malt Group, I dare say, Carl, a few people were uh, toasting <laughs> their particular the products today <laughs> big, beast, following the, uh, the Cup Carnival. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, I dare say so. I'm yeah. looking forward to having a brusky myself. I'm not sure I'm going to get the opportunity today. Unfortunately, it's not been the nicest weather here in Adelaide, but uh, right, right. hopefully across the country where you're where you're listening to this, uh, hopefully you've been a winner on the cup today and on the uh, the local market as well. Uh, looking across the other uh, the broader Asian region as well, Kyle, it, uh, it's clear that uh, it was just a lot of optimism out there. I was struggling to go and see anything. It really came to me that know uh, when I was around the time for the uh, the yuan fixing. It was very weak. People were talking about you know, a, a, a next leg lower for the other Chinese currency. And then it snapped back. Then there was a big move in the Japanese yen and strengthened the, uh, the US dollar weakened. And everything seemed to be pretty okay across the region. Did you see anything that kind of explains the optimism that was out there?
1: Nothing. <laughs> I wish I could say I did. Because, you know, the funny thing too, like you just mentioned, we did have a little bit of a fade off the, the sort of... Um, uh, early highs of the market and, and just continue to claw throughout the day. I did see uh, your tweet speculating about the potential role that uh, the Chinese national team may or may not have had to play and if there was any news around that, I certainly didn't see anything of that nature. I mean, I try and f- you know dig back through the sort of mental... Models I run in my head when I sort of see price action like this leading into major risk events and you sort of wonder, well, you know, are people sort of unwinding positioning heading into a risk event, the Fed being the risk event, people are very, very very short. they don't want to, you know, be holding positions into that, I'm not too sure, but, you know, it's rightly or wrongly and for whatever reason, there just seems to be this kind of hope in the market of, again, that step down. And it's the only thing that I can really point to as the reason why we've seen the kind of optimism across the region that has has been so evident. Yeah, if you look to uh, the price action
0: today, it's reminiscent of what we saw after the last RBA meeting, of course, in early October, when it surprised the markets on that occasion by going and moving to 25 basis point increments, not 50. And it was just everything went and rallied and all those hopes about uh, a pivot uh, as they're calling for other central banks around the world coming back to the fore, and with the uh, the Fed out this week, also the Bank of England, I wonder whether uh, that hope has been rekindled today by what the RBA is doing. It is interesting to see how the RBA is, is, is taking this particular approach. Clearly, financial stability concerns are back in its uh, mandate and uh, paint a pretty pivotal uh, role when it comes to policy settings just hope, uh, look, they kept rates too high for too long prior to the pandemic and just had this continued undershoot when it came to inflationary pressures. I hope that we're not just going down the same path, but uh, this time going back to financial stability risks and then lo and behold, it might actually go and lead to another breakout and uh, acceleration in inflation. That's my biggest concern at this point in time. I think the RBA made the right decision today, except with the, uh, the same narrative that it said but uh, that to me is one of those risks out there at the moment as other central banks around the world have seen that uh, this inflationary pulse is proving to be quite persistent to anything but transitory
1: yeah one thing that f- i found really interesting i put it to a couple of our guests today martin crabb um i think martin Wett and i might have put it to as well as flanagan uh, david flanagan who was joining us for rates live was whether there was kind of an implied message there that if inflation was going to pick up by, well, they've increased their inflation forecast. It's, it's got an eight in front of it now, but they also downgraded their growth forecast. We'll get more colour in the statement of monetary policy, but whether the, a lot of this is to do with supply-side factors um, in terms of the, the, the price growth that they can think they, they're seeing and think that more or less they can't control it. So they're going to, you know, hope, more, more or less just hope that um, some of these shocks work their way through the system eventually, and and naturally bring inflation down. The other thing that they you know pointed to, and continue to point to, is sort of medium-term inflation expectations, which, you know, from you know what they're arguing hasn't become haven't become unanchored yet and therefore they're not too worried about that kind of runaway wage price spiral that can, you know, emerge in these sort of inflation envirom- in environments or at least, you know, that's what we're, we're afraid of. So, you know, the, the justification's kind of there. I think they, they, they're wanting to see some of these supply shocks work through the system. They're, they're not too worried about an, um, an unanchoring of expectations. But like you said, you know, no one or very few people uh, you probably can count them on the hand uh, on one hand have gotten inflation consistently right across the globe S- central bankers wouldn't be uh, um, uh, amongst that list not sing, uh, not a single one of them so there does seem to be that that risk that they could be getting this wrong but you know th- the flip side of that is the, the risks are symmetrical obviously they, they're trying to keep the economy on an even keel and they obviously consider that there are growth risks to consider as well and, and that's why they're kind of backing off things well today
0: on the call with Koshi, we decided to go and have a Melbourne Cup special, so all around punting and everything like. So we thought, rather than going to a stock of the day or a sector of the day, we're going to get a punter of the day. And we've got a pretty famous one to come and join us today, uh, Tom Waterhouse uh, from Waterhouse VC. He's the chief executive officer there. We went and uh, put to him uh, know what he made of, first of all about the Melbourne Cup field and then asked him about some of the other you know, stocks, and the gaming Stops that he likes at this point in time. Take a listen.
1: Yeah, horse racing, yeah, the big money's made, I, I would say, and I don't know this part of the industry well, but in the breeding and also over the years, you've seen uh, a lot of people make money in the bookmaking, and And I guess also you, you see those super groups that have made a, a fortune uh, in professional betting. Um, they're now global. You see a lot of a couple of the English Premier League teams are owned by professional punters. And uh, yeah, so I guess they're the three areas that I've seen significant uh, worlds being created. Uh, in in the horse racing industry
0: so there you have it uh tom waterhouse with a good oil on all things horses and uh also in the markets at the moment uh yeah i went to school with uh with tom a long long time ago and uh look at the big things he's managed to go and move on to over the course of his career
1: absolutely two two fantastic famous and successful alumni there david Scott and tom waterhouse You, you you say the names in the same breath i think (laughs)
0: <laughs> it's the first thing I think of is when I think of me, of course, yeah, Tom Waterhouse. Tom absolutely yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, yeah, I wish I had uh, some, uh, some of that uh, luck that he's had over the course of his career today. But of course, you know, maybe I'm uh, talking myself down too much. Let's uh, let's get back to some of the great content that was on the program today. Whilst most of the uh, country is out uh, celebrating the Cup and know uh, having a couple of uh, shardies and everything else, uh, we were having the good oil with our guests. One of those was Stephen Scott from Pack Partners. Uh, Looking at two school stocks to go and buy. So even the Small Cap Universe marketplace, he has uh, you know, some compelling names to go and look at at the moment. I had a great chat with Dr. Suez Nayak from Alan Gray. Deep value investors, uh, going around the grounds when it comes to some of the areas, uh, individual names and sectors at the moment that he thinks are probably been a little bit unloved. A lot of the offshore earners in particular, uh, he says that, don't really incorporate the uh, you know, the weakness in the Aussie dollar and the pass-through effect that they should have, the tailwinds for corporate earnings. So I'm not going to give anything away, but uh, he did go and mention a few gold names, and uh, that has been one sector that has been grossly unloved over the past year or so. Also today, uh, I had a chat uh, with Frank Danielli from MA Financial in the credit space. So we have got something for everyone today, deep value investors and daily credit, and also those are in the punter market as well so well, worthwhile checking out those interviews in the show notes in this email. You're getting the podcast, no doubt, through. Carl, looking ahead, uh, it's going to be pretty and macro-driven environment again over the remainder of this week. Not only the Fed and the Bank of England, we also have our uh, ISM manufacturing PMI out tonight. And just thinking uh, out loud, uh, maybe that explains some of the uh, optimism we're seeing at the moment because we know to expect some softness coming through there. We know the prices paid components likely to go and be a little bit lower than a month earlier. Maybe Maybe that will all go feed into that pivot hopes that we uh, keep talking about.
1: Yeah, perhaps so. I did have a, a conversation about that with Martin uh, Crab, who joined us at the end of the day, just about how we are just sort of seeing a fairly synchronized slowdown in manufacturing activity across the globe, and we'll get you know more color about that. If, you know, the casing. A Kaishing survey came out today and was actually a little bit better than expected, but was still in contractionary territory. Um, But we did have the official numbers out yesterday showing a bigger contraction than expected. So there is this whole, um, you know, again synchronized slowdown that seems to be going on across uh, across the globe. We get this ISM uh, PMI number. It'll be interesting to see how it does feed into expectations. The 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 forecast is for a bang on neutral 50 reading. Um, we've also got JOLTS out too, which will be rather interesting. So it's just a, it's a, it's a stack of data. It, it, unemployment rate tomorrow out of New Zealand, um, really really significant. Um, going into wow, a, a couple of spe- speech tonight too from Governor Lowe. I'm just going through the the macro calendar. It's so it's you can tell it's the first week in November because everything's just getting sort of like, uh, uh, jammed in there as far as uh, as far as data goes. But um, yeah, I mean it will be interesting. And it'll all feed into into what happens uh, with the Fed on on Thursday morning and whether they. We do see that um, much flagged, much awaited, much hoped for step down in policy guidance.
0: Are you going out of your way, mate, to go and bring step
1: down there. It's not quite as I know as, as as funky as.
0: Poo. Hey, it's, not me. Are it's not me. It's not me. It is.
1: It is. It's Nick Tamiros and his Wall Street Journal and what whoever's leaking to him from the Fed is Mr. Step Down. So I'm, uh, I'm just running with uh, the new thing. I'm just. I'm ahead of head of head of the curve. I guess. I don't know. I'm trying to be fashionable.
0: Yeah, and uh, no.
1: plausible pause.
0: I don't know. That's, I'm already, I'm already nice. getting ahead of myself, but certainly, yeah, yeah, maybe. But uh, certainly pause. not yet for the Fed, and certainly not for not for the RBA. Not for a while yet. Uh, it's going to be more hikes, but maybe smaller in magnitude. That's what it seems like. The path from mm-hmm. here. Look, uh, we're going to wrap it up then at the moment, but it's looking across, uh before we go. Um, uh finalize things, it's just risk on. The Kiwi dollar's up nearly a percent at the moment. Aussie dollar's up half a percent. Euro and pound up about half a percent as well. So the US dollar getting backed off a lot at the moment. Uh, Spoo's e-minis are currently up about six-tenths of a percent. And uh, across Asia, the Hang Seng, we know it's been battered and bruised and everything else in between. It's up in about three uh, percent. That's why I was asking the question earlier today, looking mm-hmm. at what's going on with the, uh, the Chinese currency as well. The, uh, the synchronization of that uh, was just a little bit too convenient, so I wonder whether we might come and find out that maybe some of those state-backed institutions were at play today, but regardless, it's a pretty good day to go and kick off the month of November, we'll see though where they can go and be sustained throughout its entire big, big events coming up Carl, uh, take it easy and, and to hopefully all those out there had a punt today, if you didn't win, hard luck, if you did win, uh, go and shout us a beer at the pub. See you mate See ya